We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. on the Spurs Up show is a man that played for Gamecocks baseball in 2011. For the Gamecocks, he went 1-0 with a 5.4 ERA, had 22 appearances, one start, one save, 18 and a third innings pitched, and 18 strikeouts. Of course, also a member of the 2011 National Championship Gamecocks team. He was drafted in the 30th round of the 2011 MLB draft by the Washington Nationals and had an, ex- had an extensive minor league career from 2011 to 2018. Also played independent ball in 2019. Very pleased to be joined by former Gamecocks lifting the pitcher brian harper brian appreciate you taking the time man it's a pleasure to be chatting with you here today yeah thanks for having me man i'm excited absolutely so the one thing brian i want to go ahead and get it out there because the one thing i I did not say that i'm sure many people and i didn't say it specifically (laughs) because i'm sure it annoys you right i I didn't mention it in the intro but you are bryce harper's brother i'm sure many people have have addressed you before and said bryce harper's brother and said no i'm brian harper but (laughs) I'm just curious, just off the jump to get your take. I mean, what's that like? Obviously, a great thing for you and your family to have a brother. Obviously, I think everybody tuned into this show is going to know who Bryce Harper is playing with the Phillies, you know, a phenom at the age of 16 on Sports Illustrated, all that stuff. But I mean, just again, I I didn't want to put that in the intro because I'm sure you get that all the time. But I'm just curious to hear your perspective on what that, I guess, what that journey has been like for you and your family and to watch your brother's career unfold the way it has. Yeah. So it's, I mean, it's, it's awesome. I mean, I, I've never been, I've never been the jealous type with him. Um, he's always, he's always big. My been my biggest fan as I am his, his, his biggest fan. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's always, it's always funny. I, I think the best part and like funniest part that I have is when people meet me and then I never introduce myself as Brian Harper, right? It's always, Hey, I'm Brian. Hey, how's it going? You know? And then they come to find out that the last name's Harper. And then they, you know, the, the shocked look, the (laughs) glassed over eyes, it's like, wait, like, 
like Harper Harper. I was like, right. yeah, he's my little brother. <laughs> oh my God. You know, and then they, they start freaking out. So right. uh, it's, it's good, man. I, I, I've, I've never been, like I said, the jealous type and uh, you know, all of his success is uh, you know, is great and, and really exciting. So. Yeah. I was going to say, I'm somebody that's actually got three brothers. So I can, and they're all my younger brothers, but I have to imagine for you, cause you guys played together in college. Um, was that mm-hmm. at uh, college of Southern CSN. Nevada? Yep. Yeah, it yep. was. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm just curious again to, you know, to be there along with him for the ride. Like I said, you, you, I'm sure you're someone like you share in those successes he had. And obviously you had your college career going, which again, like I said, didn't have a bad career yourself winning a national title, but to be able to watch him and be a part of that and kind of assist him along in that journey. I'm sure that had to be really cool for you and the opportunity for you guys to be teammates at the college level, I'm sure was something that you probably still value to this day. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, so we, we played together in high school also. Uh, he was a mm-hmm. freshman. I was a senior um and we and we were battery mates you know he was a catcher back then so that I think is the coolest thing that I've ever experienced on a ball on a ball field and I and I got to that point with other catchers but him knowing me without even having to throw down a sign and him just knowing what I want to do on the mound I think that is the coolest thing that I've ever experienced with with a teammate and you know it's that brother ESP you know type knowing just knowing what we want to do. So, um, yeah, b- being along for that ride with, with that team and, and just it being a, a Vegas group of guys, you know, we had, we had guys from Utah, we had guys from Arizona. Um, but it really was just a Vegas team and, uh, you know, being able to go to the Juco world series with him and, uh, you know, we, we took third there, um, and then end up, you know, obviously getting, getting the ring at South Carolina. So, um, that's one thing I can't hang over over Bryce's head is he doesn't have any hardware from college. So <laughs> besides sure. the golden spikes, I guess. Right. Yeah. I mean, but not, you know, that's too nobody cares about those individual awards, man. <laughs> it's all about it's, the team, right? It's, it's the team awards, man. That's what matters. That's right. today. But yeah, so you were at CSN, obviously you get to South Carolina 2011. I'm curious, how did it come about that you end up in Columbia? I mean, again, Ray Tanner, Jerry Myers, you know, Chad Holbrook, that whole crew they're there and they find you and, you know, you joined South Carolina in 2011, but how, what was the recruiting process like for you? I'm sure you were a guy that I'd imagine had a ton of interest from West Coast schools, but how did it come about that, like I said, Ray Tanner and that staff were able to get their eye on you? And then what made you choose South Carolina? Yeah, so uh, Mark Calvey is actually the one that recruited me. Okay. Um, he, he got me in there and, and got me signed. Um, Chad Holbrook has a link to Vegas. So he actually recruited a kid named Matt Harrison, who went to North Carolina with when Holbrook was there. Um, and I think it just kind of worked out where they were coming out West and they, they, from the story that I kind of got was they, they actually came to see Bryce and another guy and ended up signing me and my buddy, Donnie Roach, who was a right-handed pitcher. Um, and they, they offered me a, a scholarship and, and I always grew up wanting that, you know, true college experience. Right. And I thought I was going to get that in, in Northridge, California, when I went to Cal state Northridge, because I was going to be playing the big West, which was Irvine, Fullerton, Long Beach right. state, you know, and, and those schools. Right. So I'm like, okay, like th- this will give me that opportunity, you know, to play against those guys and make my name on my own, not, you know, part of those teams. Right. I wanted to be the, the thorn in their sides type thing. Um, you know, obviously transferred back and then, you know, they come out and recruit me and offered me a scholarship. And I I think I took about 48 hours and called them back and I was like, I'm coming. I don't care. So didn't even, didn't even end up going on a recruiting visit until after I signed (laughs) and then just going, 
Um, but yeah, man, it was, it was a culture shock because I've never, I've never really been down South mm. and just really even East of the Mississippi, but for a little bit here and there, you know, and, uh, you know, just getting there for the first time going to, to Florida, South Carolina football game, you know, right. walking the sidelines with, you know, you got Tebow running around, you got Tequila Spice running around yet, you, you know, you had a bunch of guys on the field and you're like, holy cow, like <laughs> this is, this is serious shit right here. Right, right. And, uh, you know, then they have, they, they have this brand new diamond of a state stadium, yeah. you know, and I, I, I couldn't, I, I knew it was the right decision. And I think that's why when I got drafted out of CSN, I was like, it literally has to be the world for me to give up South Carolina. Right. You know, and then they end up winning the College World Series, you know, big hit wit coming through. Right. And then I get a roll into a winning program. I already came I'm coming from a winning program in the junior college level. Um, and then, yeah, it's just kind of the rest is history after that. So. Yeah, for sure. I'm curious to get your take, Brian. Again, baseball on the West Coast is obviously – it's a big deal. But in the SEC, it is a whole different level. Like, I'm oh, yeah. What was that for you like? Because, I mean, again, South Carolina had just won the 2010 College World Series, so the excitement was at a fever pitch level. And, I mean, either way, Gamecock baseball fans show up and show out no matter what. But, that I mean, I remember specifically that 2011 season and those games. I mean, every night it's seven, 8,000 strong and, like, every SEC series. Like, what was that like for you? Did you, like, look around and you're like, holy crap, these people are kind of crazy. Like, this is wild for college baseball. It's the SEC, right? Isn't that what we always say? <laughs> right, yeah. That's what that's what everybody hates. It about just means SEC, more, man. It just means more. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, see. man. It's it's honestly something. So I I have a buddy that that was a huge uh, Georgia Bulldogs fan. Mm. You know, just sports wise, his I think his family's from down there, and and he ended up growing up and being you know Atlanta Braves fan, all that stuff. And he kind of got me into it in high school. He's one of my best friends. His name's Tate Chauncey. Mm. And, uh, you know, I, I knew about SEC sports. I knew about, you know, that, that fan, that fan favor and, you know, all that, all that good stuff that comes along with it, you know? And, uh, you know, there was probably, I think the Vanderbilt series was the holy cow moment Mm -hmm. because Friday, Saturday, and Sunday we're playing. I think we were ranked number one or no Vanderbilt was number one. We, we were number two or number three at the time. And, Every single one of those games were packed. All the bleachers in in left field, the entire grandstands, everything. You know, we we've got people all lined up on our bullpen, lined up on their bullpen, and and we're going at it. You know, two huge, two powerhouses at the time going at it, and I think that's probably you know the holy cow moment. Like this is nuts. So yeah. For sure. I, I'm curious to get your take again on Ray Tanner, obviously legendary head coach, two mm-hmm. national titles. What what he did at South Carolina, even way before you were there, just building, you know, that Carolina baseball program into being one of the top five, ten, I would say probably top five programs in the entire country for about a about a 20 year span there. I mean, it was a and it's still going now. I mean, I would say South Carolina's looked at still that way and that tradition. Ray Tanner certainly building that. What what were your first interactions like with him? Again, it's really funny for me just hearing from the former players the stories because Tanner's, we all know, you know. Pretty tough, tough to play for, but he gets the best out of his guys. What, what were those interactions like for you with uh, with Coach Tanner? So he he reminds me of an infield coach that we had in my high school. He's very dry, very blunt, very to the point. It's like, well, you, you know, you, you got to do this. You know, you got you to do that. It's like, okay, I, I I get it. I get it, Coach. Like, <laughs> it's a lot easier said than done with, right. with certain things. 
but no, it, it was, it was a good experience. You know, like I said, I, I kind of dealt with, with Calvi and, and Holbrook throughout the, you know, uh, recruiting process and then getting there, it was, I was trying to get to know, you know, Jerry Myers and, and, mm-hmm. and kind of make my way because he, he, I felt like he didn't really know what I had because it was coming from another pitching coach, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so like, I'm trying to just make my way and find my niche. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot different when, you know, you move, you go into a team as an older guy, um, and, and you're just trying to do your thing and, and maybe sometimes put a little more pressure on, on yourself than, than you should. But, uh, yeah, I, I have nothing, nothing but great things to say about all the coaches that I had, you know, while I was there and just amazing teammates for sure. Yeah, I think the dynamic, Brian, is pretty interesting because, again, like you said, you, you're an older guy, but you're trying to fit in as the new guy. I mean, you're kind of like a freshman all over again. And, again, this isn't just a team where, oh, I'm just going to fit into the team and I'll, I'll mesh with the lot. It's like this is a group of national ta- national champions. You know what I mean? Like they're like, we got our stuff together. Like let's see what this new guy can do. And, again, I, I've talked with guys like Adrian Morales. And I think Adrian said it best when I was, you know, asking him, comparing him between the 10 and 11 teams. And he said, you know, 10 was a team that had never been done before and, you know, it had a different feeling because 11 was very businesslike. Like, we expected oh, yeah. to win every game. Like, we knew how good we were. We knew we were, the, we were the best team in the country. I'm just curious, like, how was that transition for you? Again, coming in, like you said, being the new guy. And you know, man, as, like, as, as a baseball player and being an athlete, you know, the first thing's first, you got to command respect in the locker room and earn that trust from your teammates and, and earn that respect. And certainly you did that. But, you know, what was the transition like for you? And I guess how awesome it was, too, though. Like you said, that's – that's an ideal situation, man. I mean, you're not coming into a cellar dweller. I mean, this is a, a program expecting to go back to Omaha and win the whole damn thing yet again. Yeah, no doubt. And I think, and I think guys like Adrian Morales, you know, guys that I can lean on that, that um, were established the year before and, mm-hmm. and knew what, knew, I, because Adrian transferred in too, correct? Yes. Yes. If I'm not, okay. Yeah. yeah Florida, that's what yeah. I thought. So, um, you know, he transfers in. So being able to talk to him, but you know, guys like Michael Roth, Adam Matthews, you know, uh, Adam Westmoreland, like the older guys, Tyler Webb, you know, guys that I, I immediately clicked with, um, you know, and then, and then my bullpen guys, like, you know, the bullpen's a team in itself, oh, yeah. oh, you know, yeah. with, with Sullivan and, and, um, and Jose Mata, JT Ta- or, uh, Justin Taylor, uh, and, you know, it's just a it, it, list of guys that, that I could go on and on about, you know, and, and Wingo kind of, kind of steering the whole thing, you know, h- him and Roth were, were the two, the two guys that we leaned on whether you're a position guy or you're, or you're, you know, a pitcher. And, uh, you know, they, they made everybody feel like it was a family immediately. And, and I think that's why I, I sometimes put a little bit more pressure on myself, like I said earlier, um, was because I wanted to prove that I could, that I could be part of you guys, you know, and, and do that stuff. So, yeah. What were some of the wackiest bullpen antics you remember? Because there's a lot of clowns in that bullpen. I, I remember vividly. I, I think I remember. I, I think this was 2011. I, maybe it was 12, but I swear I think it was 11. I went to the South Carolina Clemson game at Clemson, and you know, you know, obviously between innings, like maybe the third or the sixth, you'll have a bunch of guys run down to the foul pole and back to stay loose or whatever. And I remember it was Roth leading the charge. And it was like a, a a V formation, like just doing the just dumbest yeah. stuff. You know what I mean? Like. And I remember specifically, like I said, those bullpens, like there were some characters. Like, is there any specific antics you can recall? Because you guys, the great thing about those teams, again, led by a guy like Roth, is how loose everybody was. Like, it it was a bunch of just jokesters. Like, it's what it felt like a lot of times. Is there anything stands out to you from – or memories from the the bullpen, if you will? I I think it's the – oh, jeez, it's (laughs) – you look back on it now, it's just, like, it's cringeworthy now, especially (laughs) playing pro ball. It's just, like, this is – that's so dumb. But, jeez, 
Um, no, it was it was the the two two twos, right? The right, the right. two balls, two strikes. Deuce is two wild. Outs, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Deuce is wild. So um, it was it was our our can can dance that we did out there, and we all stood up, linked shoulders, and we did our you know can can dance, <laughs> and. It, it, I think it ended up working out that day. And I think yeah. we had to do it the rest of the weekend <laughs> because of that. So um, yeah, there, some of the things we did, it's just like, it's very cringeworthy now, but look, you look at it at the time, it was just like, you know, us, us hanging out and having fun because baseball's so serious and mm. such a failure sport anyways, yep. that if you're sitting down there, especially in the bullpen with, with guys like Roth on the mound where you're like, okay, well, we know we're not going to pitch today, so let's do something that kind of <laughs> keeps us entertained because we can't really see the game from here. Uh, we're looking through a chain link fence. Uh, we know that Matt's going to probably go in and close this game anyway, so because yeah. Ross is probably going to go eight. Uh, okay, yeah, let's just do something. Let's let's find something. You know, b- playing bocce ball before the before the first pitch. You know, um, yeah, it's just it's you you learn even more in in pro ball about about the bullpen life in general and it's just it like i said it, it's a family and it's it's a it's a team within within the team so i was going to say that's what makes college baseball great though those little, those, those little, yeah. little nuances if you i i just mentioned the clemson series and i was looking back on that 2011 season brian obviously you got your feet wet in that series uh yep. came in i think probably like a specialist role you know struck mm-hmm. out a batter in that uh 6-3 to win um you know yeah, also came field yeah, yeah, at floor. Yeah, I remember that vividly. Actually, <laughs> just I, I want to get your take in on that rivalry because as a California guy, I'm sure you weren't you weren't very familiar with it coming in. But you know, best rivalry in college baseball, in my opinion, I think you know I I, I would be I think you'd be hard pressed to find many more rivalries with the intensity as that one, especially like you said. I mean, you pitched at the Greenville game, and I, did you pitch at their place or Columbia? I forget what was the I other. I pitched at their place also. Yeah, so I mean, you yeah. you know just how intense that is. Just talk about that rivalry, and again, you won the series against them. I know that had to feel good. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, I will put that baseball series. Obviously when you talk football, it's a little bit different. Um, we were dominant when I was there, which was nice against, against, yeah, yeah. uh, you know, it was it five in a row. So, yep. uh, but, uh, yeah, that, that baseball rivalry is unlike anything else in my opinion, because after every, every game it was, you were drained. Like it didn't matter if you got in the game or not. Like it was, you could feel the tension. You could feel the intensity the entire time. Um, it's actually crazy because actually one of my best friends is Spencer Keyboom. Ah, so yes. we played together and uh, became battery mates in, in pro ball. He's, he's, he was with the nationals for, for uh, his entire career also. Mm. Um, and you know, it's, it's always fun having that little banter with me and him, no matter what um, he, he's like a brother now, which is crazy to say that I got a clubs of tiger as a brother, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's second to none. It really is. It, well, and 11 was the year that Leggett questioned the heating of the bats, correct? Is that that year? <laughs> yes. I remember Ray Tanner was because, le- less than because pleased. Spencer, because Spencer Keeboom was catching and he picked right. up the bat after Jackie hit. Right. It was like, oh, he like burned his hand. <laughs> what he said he's like it's hot i'm like what are you talking about it's hot what what did i'm curious can you say on air what tanner i'm i don't think tanner took kindly to that from i I remember specifically after the greenville game when he was asked about it he he kind of he kind of went off a little bit on that yeah we we had heaters in the dugout and the heater was next to the bat rack so i don't know like if if jackie just kind of held his bat just in like his handle area and maybe it just kind of resonated up the handle but i mean it was cold. It was cold that series. I remember 
you know, and, you know, we're all bundled up and anytime we can get those heaters and, you know, you know how hitters are, they're just trying to keep their hands warm because if you can't fill the bat, you're not going to hit anything. Um, so yeah, I don't, like I said, I think it's just that rivalry, you know, and, and we saw it same with, with Florida and we saw it same with, with Vanderbilt. It's just, you know, those good teams that, that, you know, it mean it just means more in, right. in, in those winning programs. It really does. It doesn't matter if the ACC or SEC, you know, big 10, big 12, whatever it is. Um, so yeah, I, it was, it's kind of weird that, that that's something that they, they kind of went to mm. in my opinion, but it is what it is. Yeah. I think Jack, I think Jack Leggett was, Leggett was just whining, uh, <laughs> personally, I mean me, whatever it is what it is. Yeah. You still, you still got to get the guy out, whatever. Uh, right. hey, Brian, I, I'm curious to get your take again. You go throughout that season for you. I'll ask you go, you know, adjusting to sec baseball, you'd obviously played at a high level, especially again, the baseball is really good on the West coast, but making that adjustment to the sec level, what was that like for you? Again, you talk about the, the, the Vanderbilts, the Florida's, I mean, the teams you face, you don't have an off weekend in the sec. Anybody mm-hmm. can beat you. There's quality players. There's, there's draft guys all over the place. You know, what was that like? Again, I'm sure it was exciting as far as, you know, challenging yourself to bring your game to the highest level. Yeah, no doubt. I think the biggest difference is the lack of small ball. Mm-hmm. I, I have always hated the small ball West Coast mm-hmm. stuff that, you know, Augie Garrido introduced it at Texas, and then it just has trickled with anybody that's coached underneath them. You know, and you see it at the Fullertons and the Irvines and Long Beach States because of that. Um, but seeing, seeing the big boppers in, in the lineup, actually getting able to swing the bat, you know, and, and you're obviously your top guys, you know, if you're one twos and your eights and nines are going to be, you know, laying down bunts, then that's, that's their way of offense of getting on base. They're not producing just one run. All right. They, they want to pack those bags up for the three, four, five, six, sometimes even seven hitter, you know? And, uh, you know, that, that was the, I think a big adjustment was not being able to take pitches off and be able to, you know, pitch around guys to be able to get to some of the weaker bats because they are, they are fairly loaded lineups, right? You know, whether your three, four hitters are the guys that get getting drafted this year at, at, you know, the juniors and seniors in those spots, or, you know, your, your top prospect, you know, freshmen and sophomores that, that'll be getting drafted in the coming years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what prepared me for, for pro ball, you know, because you knew that you couldn't pitch around guys in any, in, in even pro ball, you know, lower levels all the way up. Um, so yeah, I think that was one big thing that, uh, you know, you had, you had to bring it every day, just like you said. Yeah. I, I want to jump ahead again to Omaha, Brian. It's crazy that 2011 season. And, and it's funny as a fan, I think people, I think fans sat back and I don't want to say take it for granted, but everybody expected you guys to win it all. It's just like, Oh, ho hum. We're going to go win another national title. No big deal. But like when you go back and you look at those games, like how crazy those games, even leading up to that Florida series where, I mean, you spot A&M four runs in the first inning. You're like, oh, crap, this is not good. End up beating them 5-4 anyways. That Virginia game was nuts. Yeah. And then you go into the Florida series, and I'll ask you, I mean, have you ever been a part of a crazier baseball game or seen a crazier baseball game than that game one against Florida? No, because Peter, uh, Peter Mooney took somebody deep. Nobody expected that. Good point. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> good point. I mean, it's, it, yeah, it's, it's crazy, man. And then, and then uh, what did – did Matt throw Matt threw three or four innings? Yeah, that, that, that was the that was the Scott Wingo game with, with okay. the craziness and yeah, with the crazy yeah. play and and yeah. you have the Jake the Williams the with the throw from Jake left. Will, yeah, the Jake yeah. Williams with the throw from left. I mean, it, dude, it was yeah. it's crazy. But I mean, that's that's the type of team that we were. You know, we just yeah. believed that we were going to win. There was going to mm-hmm. be something that that changed the tides. You know, and and yeah, it was it was absolutely crazy. So the the funniest story I have from from Omaha though is. 
we get there for opening ceremonies. My dad is actually walking. They parked away. They parked away from the field. They had to walk over to you know TD Ameritrade, and he got shit on by a bird. Really, <laughs> bird, a pigeon, or whatever it was, pooped on his shoulder. And he walks in and I'm like, what, what's wrong with your shoulder? He's like trying to wipe it off. He ended up going to the bathroom, wiping it off. He's like, I just got shit on by a bird. I said, <laughs> are you kidding me? I was like, oh, we're winning this thing for sure. I was oh. like, that's good luck. You get, you get pooped on by a bird. That's good luck right there. We walk in, ended up dominating the series, you know? And uh, yeah, it was, it was crazy. And I mean, what, they won 18, 19 straight postseason yeah. games, something like that, yeah. at, at, at the college. They won 22, they the 22 straight but postseason yeah. wins. 22 postseason wins. Yeah. And then I think it was 12 straight in yeah. Omaha. I think that's still a record till this day, you know, and it's just, it's crazy, man. It, it, it honestly is. Who knew the good omen was your pops getting shit on by a bird? <laughs> I mean, that, that's just, this is stuff you don't, you can't hear anywhere else other than this. Exactly. That's wild. Yeah. I, I'll ask you again, Brian, you know, Jackie catches that last fly ball. And that's another great story too. When he throws mm-hmm. the ball in the stands and everybody's thinking, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you yeah, doing? <laughs> Jackie, Jackie actually commented on our Instagram about that situation, that story. And he actually ended up signing the ball and giving it to the kid. And like, it's a great yeah. story. It's really cool. But your thoughts, your emotions. He catches that fly ball again. You win a national championship, and again, I, I don't think fans, like I said, took it for granted. But I mean, I know I was sitting there like, oh yeah, they're going to win it. I mean, definitely. I mean, no, nobody's beating South Carolina. Like you, I think the same thing the team felt. I think the fan base and probably just people around college baseball felt that like, you know, th- this team's not being beat. Like whether it's you know they're just that good, or some people saying it's luck, which I, I don't agree with. But whatever, a, a combination of things. You guys were not being beat, undeniable. Whatever, win the national title. Your emotions again. I'm sure that has that has to still stick out to you as a high in your baseball career. Oh yeah, definitely. I um I, I grew up wanting wanting that college experience, right? And winning a national championship. I always, I, I what was it? 2000, 2005, 2007, somewhere in there. The miracle on ice came out, mm-hmm. right? The the story about the you know 1980 Winter Olympics, USA beats them, right? And I remember vividly, and it always is stuck in my head because I was, you know, starting out high school, going into college, you know, getting ready to go to college or whatever. And I think it's Jack Callahan. It's, it's O'Callahan. His last name is O'Callahan. But there were, it was him and Ruzioni, and they were all, you know, sitting around the table. And he's like, I went to college to win a national championship. Like, that's what, I, that's what he wanted in, in his college career. Like, that's all he cared about. And uh, it always stuck with me. And that's something that I always dreamed about. I was like, man, it'd be so sick to, to win a college World Series. You know, going up there, going to baseball tournaments in Omaha when I was younger in middle school and high school, you know. And it, it, was, it was honestly a blackout moment after, mm-hmm. after, J, after Jackie caught that ball, mm-hmm. uh, you know, sprinting to the, to, the, uh, you know, to the pile. I think the best thing was the bullpen was their last, so I actually got on top of it. And I got some good pictures. I'm actually, nice. I actually have the, you know, the front page of me jumping on and Scott's laying there mm-hmm. waiting for me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's just, it, it, it's a blackout moment. And then, and then you grab that trophy and you, and you give it, you know, you give it that good kiss and it's like, mm-hmm. Holy cow, like this is what I've always wanted. And this is awesome. So, yeah. Well, during all this, by the way, like I said, in the, uh, in the intro, you were selected in the 30th round of the 2011 MLB draft by the Washington Nationals. I'm curious, when did that happen? Was it like super regional round? Were you in Omaha? Because I think it's, I'm sure maybe you'd agree. I don't know, but I, I always thought it was just so stupid how like you got the draft going on guys, are, they're getting the biggest phone calls of their entire life. And it's like, they're at practice or they're right. you know, playing in the middle of a game. Like guys like, Hey, by the way, 
You know, like where, <laughs> right. where were you at? What was that moment like for you? Yeah. So it was, it was super regionals week, I believe. Cause the draft was on Tuesday. Yeah. First day of drafts on Tuesday. I don't think I got selected till Thursday, mm. but I was actually at the mall uh, with Roth and um, Ryan Fisher, who was one of our equipment guys. Mm. And we were, we were just hanging out. My dad ended up calling me and he's like, Hey, you just got picked by the Nats. I was like, Oh, all right, cool. What <laughs> round? He's like the 30th. I was like, Oh, okay. He's like, uh, you know, agents going to be calling you or whatever, you know, advisor as they like to call it. But yeah, agent was going to call me and, and kind of give you the full details. But yeah, I was, I was actually at the mall with, you know, we were looking around. I don't even know if we got anything that day. <laughs> we were just bored. Uh, I think we just got off field and uh, yeah. So right before supers though, I believe it was. For sure. Well, you, you began, obviously, your minor league career 2011. I'm just curious, again, you, you played a, a long time, 11 to 18 in the minors. And first things first, though, your brother was obviously a member of the Nats at the time. I mean, what, what was – I guess how cool was that to be selected the same organization that your brother was playing for? Yeah, I mean, it, again, it was it was that that dream of, of playing at every level, right? I mean, we, we got high school, we hit, we hit college, um, and, and obviously hoping to, to play in the big leagues one day. Um, so yeah, that would, that was a huge thing for me, but him just kind of giving me the rundown of, you know, who's who, you know, who to talk to about things and stuff like that. Um, and then just having that, you know, that experience of, of going to spring training with, with your brother and, and being able to experience that, um, shit for eight years and seven, eight years, something like that. Um, and yeah, it was, it, it's awesome. I, I think it's a blessing and, and a curse at the same time, because it's like, you know, you, you want to prove all of your teammates, all the coaches, the whole organization. It's like, I'm here because of what I've done in my body of work. Yeah. And I deserve to be here. Not I'm here because of my last name. Mm-hmm. Um, and did you, and I did you deal I, with that a lot? You feel like I did. I, and I think I dealt with it. My, my first year was, was my toughest year. Um, 2011 or was it 2011? I'm sorry. I'm like, there's so many years running back and right. forth, uh, 2012, 2012, right. my first spring training ended up going to extended spring training, um, and just struggling, man, because I'm like, I, I, I gotta prove myself. I gotta do this. I gotta do this. And, and the game, like I said, the game's already hard enough and the game's already so much failure anyways, that if right. you add that to it, it, you're going to fail. I mean, I had, a, I had like an 11 ERA, my, my first half season up in Auburn, New York, man, it was, it was tough. I think I only threw, I think I only had like 11 innings pitched, you know, and, and, and I finally had that like look in the mirror realization that off season was like, dude, stop, like go out, do your thing. And I like locked in work, work my ass off in the off season, did everything that I needed to do to get right. And then, you know, stats showed for it, man. Every year I got better every year I, I climbed a level. You know, and then you kind of get stagnant at the double A and triple A level. Obviously, you know, you're hoping to to break in at those spots. Um, but yeah, man, I I prided myself on on getting better every year and and I and I think I accomplished that for sure. Yeah, and like you said, man, the game is hard enough without adding external pressures that don't need to be there. I mean, it's right. it's a game of randomness, and like like you said, it's tough enough without that. I'm curious though, again, to get just your full takeaways or just your takeaways from your minor league career. Again, you had an extensive career; not many guys get to do it, and you got to chase the dream and pursue it and everything. What are your biggest takeaways from your time? You know, just you know the life of a professional baseball player. Again, it's a grind. I mean, there's no question the life at the minor league level is a true grind. It's not you know, probably what people think of what Bryce Harper's doing, the 
the, the you know fancy hotels and the, the right. flashy this and that and the cathedrals of baseball stadiums and you know anybody that's seen I don't know if you've probably seen Bull Durham though and I think they oh, yeah. they they depict that so beautifully like you hit yeah. white balls in batting practice they're oh my god like that's <laughs> it's just stuff like that you know what I mean but like overall your takeaways when you look back on your uh, on your professional baseball career yeah I I wouldn't change a thing about my my baseball career man like it it dealt with struggle at the beginning. It got better and it, it looked like it was about to crest and, and get, and get that call that, that every, every ball player wants. And then, and then I blow out, you know, elbow goes on me, have to come back from that rehab, you know, come back, do my thing. And, and it'll play in a couple more years out of that. But, you know, the, the biggest takeaway for me is, is my four best, my, my three other best friends, you know, that, that I got from that, you know, Spencer Keyboom obviously played at, at Clemson and, and was my catcher for a couple of years in the minor leagues ended up being, you know, my kind of anchor my last couple of years, because we were both in, in Harrisburg and then he played in Harrisburg and I was over in Lancaster playing independent ball. We're living in Mechanicsburg at, at a host family, mm-hmm. you know, but you know, he, he's, he was that dude that I could lean on and, and talk to anything about because it's just that catcher, you know, pitcher mentality where you can talk to your catchers about things. And then, uh, you know, Mike McQuillan and, and Tony Renda, two of my other amazing, you know, best friends that I have, you know, from, from playing days. And, uh, you know, like I said, they're, they're family. And, and that's, that's honestly my biggest takeaway from my minor league career, regardless of my successes on field, regardless of, you know, the team successes and things like that, me not making it and all this other, you know, things that you think about on field stuff, man, it's that, it's that on off field stuff and those uh, relationships that you make with, uh, you know, life, lifelong guys that'll be, you know, around forever. For sure. Brian, you've been gracious with your time. I really do appreciate it. Switching gears a little bit. Best pitch in baseball is what? Uh, first pitch strike. See, I had I had Tyler Johnson on who pitched at South Gun and he got all in depth with me, hundred mile an hour fast. I'm like, we don't all throw a hundred, Tyler. I strike. That's the answer I'm looking for. I, I'm curious again before I get you out of here, because um, I, I normally ask guys their favorite memory, but I feel like for you, it's it's going to be a no brainer with that 2011 national title. But I'm curious to hear this, Brian. How, how do you how do you deal with? I guess you probably don't see it a ton, but you know, people on social media are stupid. And yep. I, I'm a Braves guy. Like, I, I'm not one of these people, though. I, I have a ton of favorite players on a ton of different teams. But, like, people love – people love to – you know, and, if, and they say if you're getting booed, that's a – you know, Derek Jeter got booed every place because he's the best player in MLB. But, yeah. uh, you know, I'm sure you guys have dealt with that with Bryce. Like, he, he – people love to hate Bryce Harper. I, I mean, and I'm, my, yeah. a lot of my buddies are Braves fans. And, like, it's so funny, though, because, like, I'll see my buddies putting up, like, Facebook statuses or whatever, and they're talking about, oh, yeah, Bryce Harper sucks. I'm like – no, he doesn't, bro. I mean, I, I'm I'm pulling for the Braves. Don't get me wrong, but like, right. it's just funny, like you know, like and chirping. And I was again, I was at the Carolina baseball game today, and we were sitting by the left fielder, and I'm mean, even even the Dayton left fielder, he's getting an earful. Like chirping's part of the game, but like, do you just sit back and laugh when like I'm sure you've gone to games and like fans are just trying to chirp away? And I, I think back to a couple of different memories with your brother, like. Uh, I don't know who it was, but he hits a freaking seven thousand foot home run and does his thing with the bat flip. What like I, I'm just sure that that has to be like a lot of fun for you to like just sit back and kind of laugh at. Yeah, I mean, it sometimes sometimes it gets me heated a little bit. Yeah, it gets annoying. I have to like, imagine it gets exactly, annoying it's, for sure. Exactly, yeah. it's more of annoyance than right. like you know whatever. But yeah, I mean, it's Bryce is Bryce is the ultimate antagonist. Yeah, as I like to call yeah. him. You know, he. 
He loves sometimes to play he, it up. He, he loves to right. play it sometimes up. Sometimes he yeah. does like to play it up. Sometimes he doesn't. That's the fun of the game. Like, I think that's the fun. Exactly. Of the game. Exactly. You know, and there, there's guys like Trout that are really good and, and still get booed, but they're just quiet about it, right? right? right. You know, like that that's the type of player that Trout is and the type of player that Bryce is. You know, it's right. it's the whole A-Rod, Derek Jeter. You know, it's like it's two really, really good players, but just a different, you know, personality and different way to go about the game. So, yeah, it, it – it can be, you know, it can be tiring sometimes, but it is what it is. And, you know, I, he, he, he plays into it and, and uh, you know, sometimes he, he makes teams pay and, and most of the time he does. So I think, I think the greatest video is he's up in San Francisco and he's got somebody chirping behind the, behind the, uh, the uh, dugout, you know, overrated, you know, does it a couple of <laughs> times and then, you know, he goes and pops one into McCovey Cove and it's yeah. like, okay, well, yeah. I got to shut up now because yeah. I can't say anything. So, and I think that was like the second or third inning and the guy that ended up chirping the rest of the game. So, you know, he, he likes to shut people up and uh, yeah, it's like I said, it can be annoying sometimes, but you know, that's just me being me and the protective older brother. So, yeah. yeah. The best revenge is massive <laughs> success. Last, I promise. Exactly. Last thing, Brian, I'll get you out of here. Fun, <laughs> funniest, good. funniest Tanner moment that you can recall from that eleven season. Oh, that you can tell See, on air, by the way. I, I'm, I'm like trouble, but I'm terrible at this stuff, man. I like all, all my funny memories are like us beat like things with going over over to you know Michael Ross and Adam Matthews' place, like hanging out with those guys. Like those are funny moments and like stuff at like village village idiot like oh god stuff that yeah. we were doing in there like yeah. it, you know it's just like okay like we yeah. can't do we can't yeah, go yeah. there um i think the i think the coolest moment that is that i have of tanner and and how much respect i kind of gained from that was when he went after leggett for like you know questioning our yeah. kind of our our ethics of stuff yeah. you know and it's like you know you realize that and you're like holy shit like you know this this guy cares you know because there's there's some coaches that wouldn't go to bat for their, for his players. And, and the fact that he always went to bat for his players and, and backed us up a hundred percent, you know, regardless of win, lose or draw, like he, he had our back. So yeah, that, that's definitely, I think my like lasting memory of him for sure. For sure. Well, Brian, like I said, this has been a pleasure, man. And I know I speak for all Gamecock fans when I say it was awesome to watch you and your teammates do what you did. And obviously, you know, your professional baseball career and, uh, we're, we're all pulling for Bryce. We're all pulling for Bryce. So I, I want to see him do well. Hey, base, baseball is more fun when guys like Trout, your brother, um, when the, those, those are the, Freeman, those, yeah, those are the young faces of the major leagues. And, you know, obviously we all have our fingers crossed for a full normal MLB. I mean, I, I've, 100%. you know, it's so funny, man. I was telling a friend of mine, I was like, you know, I, I used to, because one of my gripes is, is the major league season is just so long. And I, I know you, I mean, being a oh, player, yeah. you know, you're sitting there in the bullpen like, oh my God. Like late July, just like Jesus Christ, is this good? It's we're a only grind. At game seventy, right? Right? Uh. Yeah, it's a grind for sure. But like after last year, I will say I think the sixty game MLB schedule was awesome. I, I think it was great as far as it felt like every game mattered. But after not having sports, I remember thinking to myself, I, I will never take for granted a seven p.m. first pitch on July fifteenth, Braves Phillies. I will never complain <laughs> at least we have baseball you know what i mean so right. hey brian this has been a pleasure man it's been a blast i really appreciate it and let's uh let's definitely do it again soon for sure man yeah no problem man let's do it absolutely he's brian harper i'm chris phillips we appreciate you guys tuning in and we'll catch you next time with episode of the spurs up show
need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.